When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, Deck. Ahoy, George. Is that hello for uh, Czech, Czech Republic? Is yeah, it, yeah, that's what I've been saying. Ahoy to everyone. So, ahoy, George. What, they pirates? How are you? Well, I didn't realise that. I mean, I thought it was landlocked, but yeah, they all say ahoy. That's the only Czech. And I'm actually quite ashamed to say that. You know, I always try and have thank you, please, up my sleeve. And I realised in the taxi, first taxi I got in, I was like, I've got, I've got nothing. I'm, I've got nothing. Just got ahoy. <laughs> Just got ahoy in the locker. Um, ahoy on your way in, ahoy on your way out. <laughs> I just say ahoy for everyone. Um, and it's, yeah, it's not bad. How are you though, George Grove with with no S on the end? We'll get to that yeah. in a minute. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I had a fun fun weekend and I even had a little, my own little function up in Hull with oh. Tony Too Smooth Booth. Remember Tony? Yeah, Tony Too Smooth. Amazing to Hull and back. Um <laughs> It was uh, a great night. Lots of uh, lots of boxing fans in the room, so that no, was good. I leave, honestly, I leave the country for a few days, and you end up picking fights with <laughs> the champ, champ, the double champ himself, Conor McGregor. So you and Carl Froch have called on Conor McGregor now. That's about the long and short of it, isn't it? I was with I was with the frog, the frog, the frog. Come uh, this week and. Uh, his partner Rachel um, asked us the question: Who wins in a fight out of uh, Conor McGregor and uh, Jake Paul? Frotch being Frotch somehow turned into um, too big, too strong, too powerful, and he had beat him in a cage. I chuckled, chuckled along with it and said, oh, I'd, "I'd love to be part of it at some some way or another, from a from a safety distance." But um, <laughs> Mr. McGregor, who I've never met, don't know much about um, apart from you know his large in life persona um says he's gonna fight me and carl in the cage at the same time and he you know he's already i'd watch the, it i've already dropped the s yeah it's just, it's just grove now which i like <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into it later but um he's brave absolutely but i mean would you want to even in the cage is essentially just having the straightener in it like and do you want to have a straightener with frotch and then do you want to have a straightener with frotch with me there just leering at you just this, he's only um, little as well Strange thruple that um, deck, to be honest. <laughs> not even well. the strangest in boxing this year, though. <laughs> Let's not talk about that just yet because we've got an actual fight that we want to review. Mm-hmm. And that is that was at the O2 Arena in London. Anthony Joshua returned. It was his first fight since August. He moved to 25-3 and with 22 knockouts with a unanimous decision victory over Jermaine Franklin after 12 rounds at the O2. Uh, initial thoughts, George, after that performance from Joshua? I was a bit disappointed, to be honest. I was expecting 
more, I, I thought we'd see a change from Joshua, a positive change. And at this stage of his career, he's had enough time now to sort of recover from the loss to Usyk, I feel. Um, he needed to go out there and put on a bit of a show. Um, but yeah, a lot, like a lack of urgency, I felt, from him. Slightly one-dimensional. Never a, a second wave of an attack. Never, frankly, never really in trouble at all. You know, you get this in heavyweight boxing where there's it feels like there's large pauses between the action and because you think anyone can go with one shot, when there is a shot that sort of goes through, you almost over-celebrate it. But apart from Joshua catching him like with a, a lead screw shot come uppercut one, in one round, I think he threw a right uppercut in another round, a couple of right hands over the top, took a few right hands himself. Um a bit disappointing, to be honest. Uh, I, I, th- I thought mm. I thought we would have got a bit more from him. I thought there would have been something there. The story had no ending. Had no ending Saturday night. The whole talk last week was Joshua's got to demolish this guy and make a statement, and then he's back in the picture. But he didn't do that. Mm. So does that mean he's not back in the picture for you, or is he still Anthony Joshua? Is he still? Good to go in one of those major heavyweight fights. Well, he says he wants to fight three times this year. So we're going to see him again soon. He's going to be fighting in the summer. But he's not going to be fighting any of the big guys. He's not going to be fighting Tyson Fury. He's not going to be fighting... Uh, I don't even think it will be a Dillian White or Deontay Wilder or anyone like that. Because, as I say, the f- the fight is, is come and gone. It wasn't really... I don't think anyone's really super excited about that. Anthony Joshua back come Monday morning. No one's calling out for the big fights. So, mm. and in point. the ring after, I try and see what what's said, what's what's the mannerisms, what's what's the message they're trying to convey. And at one point, he said, oh, "I wanted to get rid of him. I didn't, uh, but no one's going to remember this fight in fifteen years." Um, and it's almost like, at what point in the fight did you decide that? Did you decide it doesn't matter whether <laughs> this is any good or not? Obviously, I'm winning. I'm miles ahead on points. Franklin, who who was boxing well, but never in the fight either, so he wasn't picking up the rounds. I just wondered at what point did Joshua think, well, this is just another day at the office. Um, he's been boxing to orders, it feels, for a long time now. Is it a bit soulless for him now? Does he even enjoy it? Eddie Hearn said, he asked Joshua, what your, what's your motivation for fighting? And he said, money. <laughs> Which is fine, because if, if Eddie Hearn asks any fighter on the planet, what's your motivation? You've got to tell Eddie Hearn this for the money, mate, because he's the one who usually delivers it. But um, is it that? Is there more to him? I, I felt like for someone who always seemed well up to date with what he wanted to say, what he wanted to portray, he's been a little bit lost for words this week. You know, He's, he's not contradicting himself, but... Um, I was talking with his with his with one of his managers who said that when you're asked a question, if you lose, is it retirement? He went. Joshua said, "Yeah," because he just couldn't be bothered with the follow up question of, "No, if I if I don't win, then I'll do this." And I, was, and I pulled him on it. I said, "Well, is that a change in Joshua? Because he he always seemed to be very particular with what he said. He always wanted to convey his message, and now he's sort of I don't know, easy way out or people pleasing or what." And again, just to the point where you're after the fight, you're trying to get the crowd involved, you know. But it, it didn't, you know. He wants to talk to the to the fans that were there. It it didn't didn't finish like how I thought it was going to finish. None of it. No, I thought 
I was watching in I'm watching in Prague, obviously, and I, our friends at NordVPN helped me out with that, so that was that was nice. And from my vantage point, a couple of things, nuts and bolts of the fight. I thought that he was jabbing really well, better than we've seen for a long time. Obviously, he has a really good jab, and he jabs he jabbed very well at the start of the fight in the first few rounds. Really nice range finder, landing quite a lot as well on Franklin. It was kind of happy to take him, but I don't know how you felt about it. And obviously, you as a you know someone who relied a lot on your power in the backhand I felt like he wasn't throwing the the, back, the cross with any real purpose he was kind of very amateur he was throwing it like an amateur work, trying to score a point whereas before in the past it's kind of really tried to turn his hips into it put his shoulder into it try and knock people out with the right hand it was almost like he wasn't exactly trying to do that this time um, and I don't know if that's because he's a little bit quote-unquote I dare I say it gun shy which is something that's been leveled at him for a long time is that he doesn't want to commit to trying to take someone out because he doesn't want to get knocked out himself again or whether it's just something that's come as a result of a new trainer did you would you go along with that were you impressed with anything in particular I know what you're saying Dick about punching mm. through the target and that with, with the right hand but he punches through the target when usually he's been in trouble you know he's, he's come into a bit of a sticky situation I think I mean I'm, I'm shooting from the hip a bit without going through the archive of Anthony Joshua but it's been plenty of fights where he's, he's got caught and you know he's got his head knocked back whether he's felt it a little bit or not whether the crowd just gone ooh then then all of a sudden the punches come through the target you know I'm thinking the Klitschko fight where you know he, he punches through the target and, and demolishes Klitschko even way back when when he fought um, Dillian White you know there's there's I think he takes he takes a shot in a, in a round or two before. I didn't I didn't really see too much of anything new. I don't think with with Joshua, you know, um, nothing that really stood stood out for me. He's always had that sort of upright amateurish style. You can when you're in an American fighter, you can get that that stark contrast to um, someone who just has a lot more flow. Like I call it flow, where they're just subtle movements that are just going on the whole time, just give you that momentum to punch off of anything and American fighters do it well and Franklin obviously he does it so much better than, than Joshua he'll take him a few rounds to adjust to Joshua's height and range and I think that's probably where Joshua was having his success in the first couple of rounds um, Franklin probably negated that and kept it at a wider distance and had sporadic success from it but for Joshua you want you'd imagine where's that where's that flow where's that flow in between in between the shots you can punch with intent. He punches hard when he wants to, so keep that going. And then the second and third wave, you know, um, sometimes it's it's never really more than two, maximum three punches, but sometimes he might need to go two, make a defensive move or chase his feet in, go again, go again. Of course, there's a slight bit of element that you might walk onto a shot, but if you don't, it's going to be hard for him to walk someone else onto a shot because they're not really keen to do it. Franklin looked very happy as well to take one to fire back with two mm. or three. So you talk about those waves. It was almost like in the second phase every time Franklin would be landing two or three and then they'd reset instead of Joshua countering off that. It was always just two phases and Franklin sort of finishing the stronger, particularly sort of as the rounds wore on. And maybe it, what, like you say, Joshua was thinking, oh, this fight, I'll just take this to points now. Like this will be okay. Were you impressed with Franklin in that regard? Yeah, no, he's a good he's a good fighter, Deck. He um yeah. I think like he'd been told to finish the exchanges, you know. So that's what we sort we tell fighters all the time, finish the exchange. So if you come together and, you know, blows are thrown, I throw one, you throw two, you throw one, you throw two, but you know, back and forth, back and forth. If you finish the exchange, you're the last person to punch and land and then you break away clean, you're watching it going, This guy's in control of the fight, he's just won that exchange. And Franklin, to his credit, I think he 
he made a real effort to do that, you know, giving away the height, height and reach, um, still would try and commit himself to, to finish the exchange. He did it a couple of times well. Didn't land anything of note that showed any sort of any damage on Joshua. It didn't show you know, anything that landed, looked like it he had hurt him or he'd buzzed him or he'd felt it, um, which testament to Joshua, I think, coming in the ring at that weight probably holds a shot much better. Probably a reason why he felt, well, he looked a little bit slower. I think Franklin is a good operator. I don't think he's really big enough or powerful enough to trouble any of the top guys in the division, to be honest. He landed a few times clean, like big right hands, particularly Joshua on the way in, little short ones and stuff. And Joshua seemed to be buzzed at times. Wasn't ever in trouble or hurt, but, you know, he, he, he ate a few. And so I wonder about if, you know, Franklin really moving forward, is he ever going to trouble like Tyson Fury or Usyk or even Joyce? Probably not, but I think he's a very good... What he'll become, I think, is like a really top-end gatekeeper now. And that's no disrespect to him or other gatekeepers. Like, you know, I'd watch him against loads of these guys that are coming through. We've got a clutch of them in Britain right now. Fraser Clark and Fabio Wardley and David Adelaide and these lot. You know, in a few fights' time, they'll be looking for that bridging fight between what they're doing now maybe at domestic level and looking towards the the sort of championship level there's that middle ground where Derek Chisora operated very well for years like I see Jermaine Franklin as a high-end sort of gatekeeper in that sense and he's done really well against Dylan White taking him the distance arguably won took Joshua distance didn't win but I thought he was good and I feel like maybe he surprised Joshua of how slick he was because all we were told is that Franklin will stand in front of you and you can tee off on him and that was not the case because he would slip and slide and come back with shots so I was quite impressed with him in that regard just not quite big and strong enough to trouble Joshua I don't think at any point one other thing about this fight was that it was Joshua's first with Derek James since they linked up um, the trainer from Dallas Texas they've only been together for a few months he's done a whole camp out there in your experience of working with a new trainer how long will it take? I guess it's like asking how long's a piece of string, but how long will it take for James to start having any real influence on how Joshua fights? Because he's a creature of habit and that's obvious. Do you think that James can change him at this point in his career? Yeah, I mean, it won't it won't happen straight away because Joshua is long in the tooth and that he's, he's been a pro a long time now. He's been sort of a championship level for a long time. You know, once you're at the top level, the learning part, takes a bit of a backburner because you've got to get yourself fit, you've got to get yourself in shape, you've got to just get the camp done. Um, and obviously you're learning, the ho- you are learning and improving the whole time, but you're on the, the highest stage, so you're not going to be trying stuff out in the gym. You're just preparing for the guy in front of you. Probably another two fights, and probably another two camps together yeah. before we see him. So maybe that's what this year is about. If you're talking about three fights, maybe you're talking about a whole year with this new setup. So I think they were telling him to flow. They were telling him, don't stiffen up. You know, don't have that sort of nothing to everything momentum while you're fighting. Because if you are, you know, if you're Joshua and you're a big guy, he's got massive arms and shoulders. So that's a lot of mass he's got to move. You know, you compare it to Franklin's, it's like his, probably his arms would look twice the size. So if that's not got that little rolling start for a punch to come out, if it's a bit stiff, then it's going to take even longer to get there. And you're going to end up seeing seeing them shots coming. So I think, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he does this stuff in the gym. Maybe they tell him every week, you know, this is what we need to be working on. He does it throughout the week. He comes back on a Monday and he's revered back to muscle memory or to whatever's, you know, 
comfortable with him. Or maybe they maybe maybe they haven't got to that point yet, or they're saying, right, we're gonna get there in the next camp. They wanna overload him. Tony Bowie was had had gone out to visit Joshua and he had said that he's working hard. He said it's a spit and sawdust gym and he's grafting. Um Joshua had hinted fight week that he's been away grafting. So I think take himself out of his comfort zone, but um the conditioning didn't really show. They said that he's throwing 200 punches around, which I thought was obviously a bit of nonsense because no, no heavyweight can throw 200 punches around, even if they're just doing happy slappy pads with uh, Roger Mayweather. But um, I thought there'd be a high, a high volume, high work rate, nice and quick and fast and loose. Joshua was big and strong and probably a little bit stiff. I know what you mean. I was expecting more volume. He's kind of evolved, or what he is at the moment, is, as far as I can see, it, is like a kind of low volume box puncher who looks to set you up with, with his jab and then take you out with something a little bit more meaningful as far as I can tell and it's about him delivering that as well as possible but then when he shifts outside of that opens himself up to counters every now and again he can look a little bit unsteady I think that he seems to listen to Derek James intently at least as far as you can tell from what you know when you're just looking at him but he you know James was giving him some very specific instructions in the corner and he would go out and execute him in the next round so that's a great sign because you know, there were some sort of murmurs in the last camp that he wasn't really listening or he wasn't quite taken to it and he just would revert to type. But I think that he's listening to James, which is handy. A couple of weird things, like he's doing the interview after, he's still got his gum shield in. And you're like, what happened there? You know, that, that's kind of f- five minutes after the fight. He's still got his gum shield in. Only midway through the interview did they realise to take it out. And, you know, can't look into these things, but it's all just a little bit odd. He, after yeah, the he fight... Taps, he taps Franklin on the back of the head, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, go on. Talk us through it What from your... From, from so what he touches Franklin on the back of the head, which I assume Franklin took as a patronising way, you know, like, so he's like, maybe Joshua just thought, oh, well done, it's over. But he took it as something else. So they've, they've turned and you can't hear what's said. And then it's almost like they're going to do... An, Round well, 13. an end, end of fight cuddle for the cameras but then I don't know Joshua puts his head into his chest and then he's almost walking him back and Franklin's corner jump up I don't know if it's the main coach one of the coaches and he's almost tries to throw a tries to throw a right hand <laughs> or a left hook at, at Joshua so there's a bit of pandemonium at the end of the fight but then Tony Bellew we're told as well well Tony Bellew was led away after because he'd had a sort of row with one of the coaches or something so it all kind of went off but they, they made up in the end but it was quite ill-tempered throughout the fight like in between rounds they would kind of square up to each other I always hate that you know when they have a round where nothing really happens and then the bell goes and they're supposed to go back to their corners and then they're arguing. It's like, mate, you just had three minutes. You could have punched his head in then and you didn't. But at that point, you know, they square up, right? And this is these are two men who make their money from punching others. Yeah, Joshua hugs him and then like drives his head into his chest. It's one of the weirdest things I've, I've seen in a long time. You'd think he would just try and chin him, you know, if he's angry. And I don't know if he's just really frustrated and knows he can't punch him at this point, but he just wants to do something. It was quite weird. I saw a couple of theories that he was trying to mock Franklin because Franklin had been holding a lot. And it was like, look, I'm going to hold you like you held me. But I feel like that that's a bit of a a kind of tall order trying to argue that case but they came apart in the end and they you know made up and whatnot and everything was fine in the end and Joshua just said you know it's just a different energy in here and to be fair there was a colossal um, pressure on Joshua in this fight and I wonder whether that might have made him slightly tentative it wasn't the wrecking ball we've seen before which we might we were kind of promised or at least what we hoped for and it wasn't the guy who was dazzled by Usyk it was just kind of somewhere in between 
But he gets the win and he moves on 12 rounds under the bank. Not not high-paced 12 rounds, but he had to work for him. I think he broke his nose in the second round. Um, Derek James telling him not to blow out of his nose, which was a bad sign after two. It went against Takam before back in the day. Remember that one? I don't know. Do you feel like Joshua at this point is a busted flush? Is he damaged goods at this point? Is he is he past his peak? It depends if we yeah, can get him no. on here, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, so we're never getting him on here, Dick. So uh, we're shooting from the hip. <laughs> yeah, be like, honest. I feel like the first, the first we'll, we won't know whether he's physically past it until we've checked if he's sort of mentally past it as such, if that makes sense. And that he didn't, he didn't show last night. He's rolled back the years and he's, he's, he's climbing that ladder back to the top. In some ways he didn't need to. He didn't, didn't do anything uh, terrible. He wasn't in trouble at all. That typical thing that fighters, when they come back their first win after a loss, is usually underwhelming. You just assume that he does, he's not afforded that luxury because it's not a world title fight. It's not on a pay-per-view show this time. But still, they did a public weigh-in at Westfields. Like, it's a big show. You know, it's a <laughs> yeah. big, big show. So he's, he's got to go out and Yeah, it was sold out in the end Yeah, as well. sold out in the end. You couldn't buy one to come Saturday morning. So it was a sold out 0-2. And there's not many people who sell out an 0-2 against a B-level or second-rate opponent no disrespect to Franklin but he is at heavyweight at the moment it was a big deal wasn't it it was a big yeah, fight yeah no a big fight a big fight deck but I'll put it back on you how do you assess Joshua right now what do you, what do you think is he a busted flush I'd like to see one more fight we'll, I, we'll have a break and we'll come back and fight, talk about what he's going to do next but I feel like if he wants any chance of coming again and making this third chapter of his career as we're being told he needs one more before he goes in against one of the bigger boys we'll talk about that in a sec Last question on this fight, on the story of this fight. Anthony Joshua has had some real wars in his time. I'm thinking Vladimir Klitschko, one of the greatest heavyweight fights of this era. Um, obviously got knocked out by Andy Ruiz up and down, what was it, four times, four or five times. He's been schooled by Usyk once and then beaten in the second fight as well. Does this take a toll on a fighter, George? Does that change someone beyond repair? They can say every tough fight you leave a bit in the ring. You know, does this change people? Does this change how he is? Uh, I think it, well, it just takes it. It takes its toll. It takes its toll. The two losses to Usyk will definitely have, have taken their toll. It would have been mentally um, taxing the whole process, the whole the whole thing. It's not so much will he recover from it because I mean he will, but to what extent? You know, how much is it? How much is he left in the, left behind at that point? Um, and that's that's no slight or criticism of Joshua because that's every fire every time you have a, a tough you, know, you have to get over an injury or you have a tough camp or a tough fight or a loss it takes something away from you you know uh, and ultimately in the end the, f- the fight leaves you but he's still there he's still he's still there he doesn't seem the same to me so I'm not sure if that just means part of the fight has left him he's still he's still a big draw you know so as long as he wants to He'll still be in the mix, you know. He'll still be in the mix. It's he needs he needs to beat someone. He needs to beat one of his big peers. And I tell you what, let's have a break there because we're going to talk about how he might go about that in the second half. Now, Deck, as a former fighter, you can imagine I still like to keep an eye on the fight game. I can imagine, mate. So do I, George. There's fights all across the world these days. Sometimes you just can't find anywhere to watch them. If only there was a solution that meant we had access to the biggest and best fights whenever we wanted to watch them. Well, Deck, there just might be. Ooh. With NordVPN, 
You can switch your virtual location to a country showing, like you said, the biggest and best sporting events around the world. Not only that, but you can stream your favourite TV shows at a drop of a hat too. Surely to watch the best live sporting events and my favourite TV shows, that's going to cost me a fortune. Well, NordVPN actually helps save some money. Does it? Not to mention your protection against cybercrime. You change your virtual location, sign up for a subscription service via other countries and pay a cheaper rate just for the price of one small coffee a month. But what about if I want to throw in the towel at any time? It's not a problem, Nick, right? Because NordVPN provides you with a risk-free... Risk-free? Risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. That's my kind of guarantee. Yes, check out the link, nordvpn.com forward slash ggbc and get your subscription started today. Use that link and you'll receive huge discounts off NordVPN plan plus a bonus gift. Okay, that sounds like an unmissable deal, George, but I know you... I've you know, stitch me up in the past. Am I safe here? Because that could be the real knockout blow. <laughs> NordVPN is a one-stop shop for all things cybersecurity deck. It is incredibly easy to use, right? Otherwise, obviously, I couldn't use it. And with just one click, you're protected. You don't have to be a tech whiz. And with your NordVPN account, you can have up to six devices protected. I haven't got six devices, but if I did, I'd be buzzing about it. I mean, that's a Ronald Winky right guard there. Yeah, that really is. Nothing's getting through. So let me get this right. With NordVPN, I can watch live sporting events, the best in film and TV from countries around the world, all for the price of a measly little coffee a month, as well as being protected from hackers, malicious sites, and pop-ups, which I hate. That is right. Nothing below the belt. Just make sure you use the link, nordvpn.com forward slash ggbc for that huge nordvpn plan discount plus a bonus gift talk about saved by the bell you'll never have to miss anything ever again with nordvpn so george like we said anti joshua 25 and 3 now he or we're told that he will be boxing twice more in an ideal world this year one in the summer one at the end of the year. If you're his promoter, what two fights would you like most? I think probably the best, and maybe this is maybe this is the stretch too far, would, would be Dillian White. He's had the loss to Fury, and then he didn't set the world light against Franklin, and then they've both just boxed Franklin, so that fight kind of makes sense. I wouldn't go again. Like, I think that's an easier sell than, say, a Joseph Parker, who he's fought before and beat pretty comfortably. Uh, I wouldn't really think it's wise to put him in with any live wires. Um, yeah, like a like a a Joyce or a, or a Dubois or someone who sees Joshua as a big name or a Hergovic or someone who's who's still sort of ch- trying to climb the tree. Probably not 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 a Wilder yet next. You know, no, that fight can Oof. that fight can be saved. Is it is it another Franklin? Like another good record. What what's the list, Dick? I think there's two lists here. There's one if you want to, and they've talked it up because they know it probably won't happen. But you could go straight for a Fury in the summer. We know Tyson Fury hasn't got a fight. There's talking about Francis and Garnu maybe in the summer for Fury. But if not, he needs a dance partner. It would sell. It wouldn't sell as well as it would have done last week. To be honest, I think I think Saturday night put a dent in that a little bit. To be fair. He obviously not going to fight Usyk. Uh, there's Deontay Wilder. I would put in that clutch of fighters, I would put Joe Joyce as well, who we hope or we expect to come through against Jalei Zhang on Saturday week. I think those four, Wilder, Joyce, Fury and Usyk, are 
in their own tier at the moment. And fair play to Joyce, he's worked his way into that. I think in that second tier, and you mentioned it, and he might rage at this, but I think Dylan White's in there. I think Dylan White makes perfect sense as his next opponent. Easy sell. There's a lot of heat. There's a lot of history. They're actually one all because... White beat him in the amateurs. Joshua beat him in the professionals. A lot of question marks over Joshua. Same question marks over Dylan White. You know it would be a big build-up. You know it would get Joshua's juices flowing. And from that, because the problem with if he goes like really sort of second rate, it's like, will we really learn anything from it? And will he be able to come through it comfortably? And how will that stand him in good stead for then the big fight at the end of the year? So I, if it was me, I'd go Dylan White next. Make a load of money. We'll know off that fight whether he's what he's got left and we'll see if he's developing more under Derek James and then look for the big one. I think it's a problem or if he goes for Fury next or if he goes for Wilder next, it might be look like a bit of a cash out because if he loses those fights, then it's hard to come back from. I think Dylan White makes a lot of sense for the mm. next fight. Would you watch it? Yeah, no, definitely. Because if it's not Dylan White, then is it Bacoli, Martin Bacoli? Hard fight. hard fight, another hard yeah. fight. Is it is it Otto Wallen? You know, is he boxing? Was he? Yeah. You know, Southpaw. These the thing with these guys because that's two good fights you've just named mm. there. Piccoli is massive risk reward factor. There's huge risk, mm. and the reward ain't much because we know Piccoli, but not that many people do. Same with Wallen, Southpaw, awkward, nearly beat Tyson Fury on a legitimate cut. Mm. Hergovic as well, dangerous. He looked rubbish against Zhang, but he's a dangerous guy. But again, all the pressure on him. Whereas in a white fight where it's a bit more of a grudge match and it seems a bit more... 50-50 probably pushing it, but it's a bit more even in that sense and white has the power to knock him out. I think it's a, the risk-reward factor becomes a little bit better in his favour. But you're right. It's the, there's a kind of paucity of options at, at heavyweight and he kind of has to get on with it. Mm. I saw an interview with Adi Adaldipo from The Zone on ID Boxing, uh, friends, of, uh, friends of the club. And he made a very good point. At heavyweight, these guys are getting on. Deontay Wilder, Joe Joyce, both 37 years old. Usyk, 36. Joshua, 33. Fury, 34. They're not spring chickens. We're not in this position where we're like, oh, just wait, like, let's wait for a bit. It kind of has to happen now. And we're getting near a position where we're just going to have to kiss these fights goodbye, some of them. It might be that we never see Joshua Wilder. A lot of people are giving up on Spence Crawford, for instance. But it looks like a lot of these big heavyweight fights are going to fall away as well. And that would be... Damaging for the sport. Yeah. There was more boxing at the weekend. The chief support club member keeping the run going, Fabio Wardley, British mm. champion. Uh, he beat Michael Coffey. Um, did you see the stoppage? I did. I it's felt sorry for... Point. Yeah, what were your feelings I on it? I felt a bit sorry for Coffey. I thought... Yeah, I thought it was a premature stoppage, really. He wasn't really in any trouble. Um, he was still being elusive. Sure, he wasn't punching back, but you have to assess the situation. Like, you know... You know, Wardley is, is still a bit raw, you know, he hasn't got an awful lot of experience. So him at this point is just letting his hands go with decent effect, but not devastating effect. You know, they might have, rather than Howard Foster coming in and separating it, they might have thrown a few more punches. They might have naturally broke and then Wardley might have been gasping for A or he, that might have taken, might have needed to rest the rest of the round. Stark contrast, I thought, between the two American fighters on the card and the two British fighters on the card. Even mm. though the two British fighters were winning and winning clearly the american guys are the ones that just got that nice that nicer they look more relaxed they've got that 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 flow that more that, that flow in between shots um uh, and coffee the same you know it he wasn't winning but he, he was landing good shots big long arms loopy loopy uh 
right hooks, left hooks. I think he was switch hitting as well at, at some points. And a fight like that, you don't know. He could get into second half of the fight and he might be feeling the pace and he's trying to spoil and, and survive. Or he lands, he lands a shot and he's feeling good and he's dangerous. I thought Wardley was maybe robbed from, from a good experience there. He was in there with a really good opponent. It was, it was, it was a well done for for the promotion. Good matchmaking for him, and it's a shame yeah. that he didn't get a few more rounds under his belt. Now working with with Ben Davison um, against you know a tricky, elusive sort of American switcher. Nothing wrong with Wardley. It's not his problem. But I thought it was it was a bit of a, a prem. Prem stop. Prem stop. We should put that on a t shirt. I think we'll see Fabio Wardley against Jermaine Franklin within the next three years. You heard it here first. <laughs> um, so, that sounds so, like that, that was sounds sad. like me asking out Naomi Campbell, mate. Uh, so. Well, we'll get to that in a minute. On Friday night as well, we should say Harlem Eubank, another club member, wins again on the march. And last but not least, in Plymouth, the nuki bomb himself, Brad Pauls, back in business after his first defeat of his career and after his appearance in the, on the pod and the advice that you gave to him, he won a six-round decision against Patrick Polisic. He's back in business, Brad Pauls. Back on the back on the train. Yeah, George. that's it. The, the club just keeps producing these winners. Champion Factory, George Gross yeah. Boxing Club. Um, <laughs> we don't take all the credit. Um, just the, just the majority of it. of it, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Wardley, Eubank, and Paul's uh, successful weekend. Uh, we have to get yeah, in the club. Well, we have to look at the calendar. See who else is fighting soon. Anyone's in a fifty-fifty? Then they want to get on a uh, get on the show. I've picked Davis ahead of schedule for uh, Javante Tank Davis for that fight. So, but if Ryan Garcia wants to reach out and come on in, Open uh, it's an uh, up an up his chances. Then uh, we're ready for you. Speaking of um, Champions Factory, George, I brought some hardware back to the Love club it. as well. What have you got? Prague Half Marathon. Prague Half Marathon. I can't find the medal, actually, but yeah, put that one to the sword. Well done. I wanted to get inside two hours. Got my official time. 159.58. Two seconds. Never in doubt. <laughs> what was that last 600 metres like then, Dick? Mate, I'm telling you. So I thought I was well, I was cruising it. inside. Like I was so on track after 15, 16K. I was like, this is fine. 600 metres to go, the sign came up. And I just had a quick check and I was like, Oh, I did the maths quickly in my head. I was like, oh, I'm going to be tight here. So I had to really get a wriggle on for the last bit. I'm like steaming past old women and people dressed as kangaroos and that just to try and get <laughs> inside the inside the two hours. And on the on the clock, it said like two hours, four minutes because it took me four minutes, obviously, to get to the from the gun to the start line. So my chip time came back as 159.58. So two seconds in the limit. I would have been absolutely screwing today if um if I hadn't got that inside two hours but as it as it happens i've been walking around prague like a hero mm. with my medal on like eubank with his ibo title yes. went and got a massage that's it's and not here, like it's not that sort watching. of pod deck <laughs> <laughs> keep that to yourself mate and a lot a lot of the of uh, shreds crew on strava thank a lot loads of messages on strava thanks everyone to um for messaging me on there it um very much appreciated if you're on strava anyone and they're not in the shreds group do it because we're going to be I feel like there's going to be a lot of running going on in that club over the summer. Yes, Deck. Well done. George is going to get back, get his trainers Keep, back on. Keeping the winning run going. Congratulations, Deck. Yeah, and you're going to, and it looks like you're going to have to be back as well because 
Mate, Conor McGregor calls you out. You have to answer the call. Uh, yeah, it, that, it seems that way, doesn't it? But he's deleted the tweet, so I don't know if he's had... No, be- yeah, has he really? I don't know if he's had um, second oh, thoughts. Um, I mean, he did, he did go all in. He says he wants to fight me and the frog in the cage at the same time, which, of course, he'd get annihilated. I mean, there's, there's people there <laughs> going, yeah, well, it, it is true. <laughs> like, what are you all about? <laughs> like, while he's, while he's choking out... Um, Frogs <laughs> on the floor. He is a bit of a sitting duck for me to absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'm a black belt. I'm a black belt in uh, Korean karate, uh, kickboxing deck. I mean, it's. Are you of actually? Course I am. Yeah, I was. Um, people say I was at the York Hall the weekend. Goes, How many fights have you won at the York Hall? I said, Well, I won. Uh, I've, I've won at least two two pro fights here. I won two ABA titles, probably half a dozen schoolboy championship fights, and a European um, kickboxing <laughs> title that was on Eurosport. It's like riding a bike Multi-tally. as well, isn't it? Kicking people yeah, in the head. Yeah, it comes back to you straight away. What would the ta- what would the tactics be then? So obviously he's called on you and the frog in a cage at the same time. Are you just sending Frotch forward, like going, like just deal, just sort of? busy him and then you get around the side and are you going to both pincer attack or he, what he would be like my battering ram i would just like walk, walk like i don't know just charge him into him maybe that could be one we haven't really worked out logistics yet it would it would take a little bit of um i could sort of try and do a bit of showboating i'll be much better at sharp sharp feints whereas frotch just gunslinging like a western isn't it you know he's just firing from the hips yeah. so i'll just get that he's got like a little wind up wind up key on the back of Frotch's neck if you wind that up you can see Rob McCracken doing it before every fight and then just let him go he just and uh, yeah so while them two are having a little kerfuffle one of them will be malfunctioning um, obviously I'll just dive in there for the, for the victory win um, get a tap for the glory and I mean, the biggest panic for me would be that I don't just halfway through the fight, it goes full WWE and I just big high five with McGregor and then me and him um, KO the Frotch. Yeah, and you start a podcast with him. <laughs> That'd be a shame. Because <laughs> uh, there was a time when he was a little bloke, wasn't he? He was only small, but he's massive. He's hench now. Yeah. He's done that near Gogo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what, has he got taller? I don't know. Has he took anything that makes him taller? I, don't I think, think that's he can. Possible. I don't know. No. All right. So, yeah, I've, I'm pretty sure he's still short hell of a set of lats on him yeah i haven't uh, i've never met him well now's the time actually speaking of which we to that tweet which is deleted because obviously probably bottled this but the gg boxing club twitter which you should get in touch with us on and follow of course we responded come down the club and chat about it so open invitation he can come on this pod and we can we can um hammer out a deal we can get frotch in as well but i did like a reply from red rooster that's at red rooster bruce he said, this is like me asking out Naomi Campbell. <laughs> he sounds like he's tried it before. <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> and, and and she deleted the tweet. Yeah, fuck, man. Yeah. Um, and it all fell through. But let's not rule it well, out. No, no. I mean, Frotch, Frotch will start a fight with anyone these days. He's he's Anything goes. It all stems from, I've got to give a shout out to Frotch's YouTube channel, um, Frotch on Fighting. So I went down and done, yeah. his, uh, done his channel. And then, yeah, we, we asked a few questions and then... You know, he just can't help it. He loves it. He picks a fight with everyone, and now he's dragging me into fights. <laughs> I'm like that good. I'm that good kid at school who's getting corrupted by the naughty kid. And we're both sitting outside detention. Yeah, you are. And uh, or that meme. Have you seen that one online? And the guy pulls up in the car, and he talks to the guy. He goes, "What the fuck are you doing, man? You cut me up!" But he's talking to the guy sitting in the passenger seat in the back, and he goes, "What?" And he goes, "You fucking." 
you fat pig. <laughs> and he goes, I wasn't even driving. He goes, you fuck off, you fucking piece of bacon. And he drives away. <laughs> and the guy turns and goes, I wasn't even, why do they always pick on me? That was That's me. I'm a fucking piece that, of bacon. That's you. Frotch has turned you into nothing but a piece of bacon in this club. Uh, but... Connor, if you're listening and you do want to follow us on um, and get in touch on on the socials, it is at GG Boxing Club on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. George, do you know the email? Yeah, the address? email is GG Boxing Club at crowdnetwork.co.uk. On there, if you go on the Twitter, by the way, on the link tree, you can buy the merch and you can vote for us as well. Voting still open. Get on that. Best combat sports pod, best sports talk pod, George. And we're looking for the double. Yeah, we are. A bit like Conor McGregor would be if he was boxing or fighting you and Frotch. He'd, he'd want the yeah, double. Yeah, well. uh, we are taking on two two categories like McGregor's taking on two retired um, fighters. Um, we're all in a cage, podcast cage, and we need uh, some votes <laughs> to keep us alive. I wondered where that was going then. We're we're just in the cage of life and we need your votes to try and get a belt out of it. Yeah, we we'll be super pumped if we get a belt. In return, you can listen to a beautifully curated playlist called The Ring Walk, which is on our Spotify drive. Yes, you can. Um Deck's gonna write two haikus, um, when we win both categories, um, related to the yeah. category. In fact, he might do an acceptance haiku speech, which I am yeah. pumped for. Um, what else do we usually plug? If I was listening and I wanted an option to have it without the ads. Well, there's one way that definitely works, Deck. You can listen to our podcast on Amazon Music ad-free. So that's free of ads on Amazon Music. That sounds like fun to me. And regular programming, George, on Wednesday. Are you going to make it? You're going to make it down for Wednesdays? You're back from Prague's? Your legs are good? I mean, it depends if my... Yeah, if my calves can... Uh, I think the massage has sorted them out, but it depends on the calves. But it should be... The plan is, yeah, Wednesday we're back in business. And who we got? Wednesday we are back and we are with the treasure, Ashley Fearfane. West London, one of West London's finest. Me and me and Ashley, uh, West London's finest. He's coming in to uh, talk to us about his fascinating and brilliant career. His well-travelled career, Deck. I'll see you then. See you then. See you then.